You're watching Deprogrammed. My name's Harrison Pitt. I'm a writer for the European Conservative, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Evan Riggs, who's a freelance journalist, and by Anna McGovern, who is a political commentator. Now, um, Evan and I were shocked recently to discover, Anna, that um, I think a quarter now of young people, G Generation Z, which I think includes all three of us, uh, now identifies as being somewhere mm. on the LGBT spectrum. What do you think is uh, driving young people to embrace these unstable identities. I definitely think social media plays a huge role, especially with children as young as 13 now having um, being able to have a lot of unfiltered access. So you've got um, apps such as TikTok, for example, where, you know, again, children as young as 13 can use it, but we know that even younger children are using it. But with elements of the app, such as search um, section, for example, you can look up terms such as mental health, body image, um, but like, or body dysmorphia, anorexia, um, or even suicide, LGBT, anything around that that could cause a vulnerability there. Um, you can look this up and then on your explore page, this content will be spammed on your phone within a couple of minutes. So let's say um, a child as young as 13 is looking up things like this, and then you have that repetition on your explore page where you're constantly exposed to this, it would affect you because mm. you're consuming content as a young person that you're way too young to understand. And I think because a lot more young people are now consuming this content, they're sort of like supporting each other in, you know, even having these, you know, unstable identities. And it's almost like, you know, you have these coming out posts, you mm. know, so you've even seen um, young people actually filming themselves taking testosterone, for example, when they're actually Gosh. transitioning yeah, yeah. and children watching that. So it's like this kind of um, online affirmation that you get for you know establishing this uh, unstable identity and broadcasting yes. it to the world so a false sense of membership of, yes. of, of, of a community uh, evan you must have views well on this. i don't even think it's a false sense of membership i think it's a genuine membership i mean there is no i don't know there is no kind of parallel to just being a normal person anymore i mean mm. you know luckily i missed a lot of this stuff when i was in middle school and high school you know if we wanted to find some smut we had to like sneak stephen king books out of the library but you know these kids back in the day you had you had goths or you had scene kids and this seems to be the next uh, kind of evolution about it but now it's not only kind of stage sanctioned it's also been highly medicalized where these people you know many of these in the same study that they found that one in four people are now identifying as LGBT uh, the vast majority of it was bisexual or trans it wasn't actually lesbian or gay and the amount of people who are still having you know sort of a, a gay encounter in a gay relationship has remained perfectly stable. So that aspect of it isn't changing at all. What you have is instead a bunch of people who are kind of deracinated from their identities and mm -hmm. seeking something to give them status, which everybody does in high school because mm -hmm. your identity is highly fluid. You're trying to figure mm -hmm. out who you are and you want to kind of status signal to everybody around you. Mm -hmm. And the easiest way to do it is like, oh, I'm trans because I grew my hair out a little bit longer and wore a purple shirt. Mm -hmm. I, I think, um, the social media aspect is important, but I also think about the high school that I went to and how the kind of environment has changed. I mean, a lot of this stuff, I didn't know what a transgender person was until I was 20. I mean, you know, maybe if I'd found it at 13. I still, know, I, I still don't know what a yeah. transgender person is. <laughs> or what a woman is, yeah, I'm confused about it all. Um, but I always think back to, I went to high school in, in Virginia, um, right where the colonists landed. And at my high school, we had like a giant rock right in front of our school. And when I was there, it was painted with like an American flag. And this was back in like 
Obama had just gotten in, mm -hmm. you know, it was like freedom fries and everybody was still very patriotic. Those halcyon days of 2009. Yes, exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, I went back there a few years ago mm. and the giant rock had been painted with an LGBT flag with a Black Lives Matter fest sure. going right up the middle. And I was like, I think this is like a, a perfect sign of just how much the kind of educational environment has changed since we were in it. Um, and I worked at a school as well, um, in an independent uh, like boarding school. Sure. And what I saw, especially, was this being perpetuated, especially like for young people. And I think it was more significant for the international students who were coming to the school for the first time. But I actually um, have a story where um, a couple of students that I knew, they'd come to the UK for the first time, went to the school and said, um, uh, like they're biological women or just women um, and uh, I shouldn't say biological no, no, because you're perpetuating the culture it's it's why women. is the existence of another yeah, type exactly yeah. there isn't it's a woman so t um, two young women came to the school for the first time and they told the teachers in confidence I actually identify as a boy and they didn't want the parents to know mm. so they covered it up they, and they said um, th this is my new name this is what I want to be identified as I want to be a he him and the school hid this from the parents mm. and i think what makes it worse is the fact that they're international students so the parents are um, so they're living on site and the teachers are you know basically parenting these yes, kids yes. and the parents have no idea and they can't support them in mm. any way or you know get you know they have no idea and that this is going on and i think for me it just um, something really unsettling about that and we were all told we have to keep the secret and like even in correspondence to the parents we would have to use their former name that they, they would really? say so mm. the parents were completely uh. unaware and I think it's, it's just definitely something that's perpetuated across schools and it's like if you challenge it mm. or say you know is you know is this the right thing to do you'll basically be called a transphobe or homophobic and you'll be met with a lot of hate because of that yes yes um, we're often called, dubbed the don't say gay bill by its critics. The, the, Ron DeSantis's actual bill in Florida was really cool. And it's only eight pages long. The good thing about conservatives is, is that we, we write very short bills because we, we get to the point. But um, it, it's called, actually called, as you two probably know, the Parental Rights and Education Bill. And one of its better provisions is exactly to make sure that the kind of thing that happened at that independent school at which you worked doesn't happen anymore. Mm. You know, you know, teachers can't go over the heads of parents in so if, if a child is identifying as transgender in school. It's, it's now illegal in the state of Florida in a public school to hide that from parents. Parents need to be comp fully involved in the consultative process there. Yeah, again, talking about how the, the kind of scholastic environment has changed. I mean, the response to that from teachers all around the US was <coughs> insane. I mean, literally, the bill is just saying, basically, you can't indoctrinate children into this like kind of LGBT cult until they hit the fifth grade. Or hide it from their parents, because that's, that's a, a neglected part of the bill. But that's mm -hmm. the thing. It's like these yeah. teachers are saying, well, look, I've got a master's degree in education. What kind of qualifications does a parent have? And it's like, this yeah. sounds like something straight like the Kimmer Rouge. <laughs> what are you guys talking about? Yeah, yeah. You, 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 master's you, you, you have no say, you have no sort of sovereignty of your own children. We do as, as, mm -hmm. as your enlightened betters. That's, that, that, that kind of mentality is, is um, uh, extremely authoritarian but uh, I think th th and this speaks quite well to what you were describing Evan about how that rock is now covered with a sort of you know LGBT rainbow with a sort of Black Lives Matter fist going through it is we, we, we now live in a culture that prizes max that prizes maximal autonomy and the pursuit of sort of false forms of authenticity over resp responsibility duty and, uh, and and belonging and so that that's what a flag represents isn't it? it's a sort of it's a symbol of unity and it, it's supposed to engender in people a sense of loyalty towards what makes us a cohesive whole, a first person plural, as Roger Scruton used to put it. Um, 
but, but li liberals are loftily, loftily indifferent to, to those forms of identity and, and to that and, 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 and to that li li liberals are um, loftily indifferent to the idea that people have inherent duties that come with citizenship because the whole idea is that the whole liberal idea is that um, you're, you're first and foremost an individual and therefore the real thing that you should be pursuing isn't loyalty, belonging, it's sort of authenticity and freedom. And the radical left is sort of actively enthusiastic about conscripting more and more recruits um, to this sort of very narcissistic form of ideology. And so those two th threats combined, liberal indifference and sort of left-wing enthusiasm are, are, are creating real problems for our culture. I mean, I, what you were saying, Evan, about... Um, how you think that a lot of this identifying as bisexual is actually skin deep. It's just a, a way of sort of signaling status. I, I hope that's true because our fertility rate is, um, is low enough in this country as it is. And in the decades ahead, we could, we, we, we could be where Japan is. We could be on the verge of sort of civilizational population collapse. We need young people to be mm -hmm. getting together, having children, so that we can get that fertility rate up. And I don't think it's, a, I don't think it's an accident that the only Western country in the world um, which has... Um, sort of a fertility rate above replacement levels is Israel, which has an extreme sense of national loyalty and an extreme sense of religious purpose, and which is also conscious of itself as very much living in history and, sure. and, and needing to rise to that challenge. Whereas, on all sides. Yes, whereas we're sleepwalking as, as a culture, and I think that's what this reflects in, 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 in large part. I think you just have to give people something better to believe in, and if they don't want to go to church, I mean, you could always do national service like the Israelis do, Yes, and that kind of engenders uh, a sense of loyalty, but mm. I think, you know, you were talking about people, kind of the adherents of liberalism want to be kind of atomized individuals, but I, this isn't actually true in a large way, because I don't think before when liberalism was kind of in its heyday, you know, people had a sense of meaning that was brought about by the church, or that was brought about by you know a big sense of nationalism, and now that both those things have kind of waned away, they are finding something to kind of subsume themselves underneath, and it's now mm -hmm. uh, the kind of tenets of diversity, equity, and inclusion. I mean, you know, people identifying as bisexual for that's like a that's been done in universities for a very long time. You know, girls or the occasional guy will come out as bisexual. This is where the this is where the term lug comes from. It's a very I don't know if you've heard the term lug. L U no, L U G no. lesbian until graduation. Oh, basically. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so every s last Sunday of the month, uh, Kelly J Keen, um, women's rights activist, she hosts mm. a speakers corner um, for women to have a voice and basically talk about their experiences. So for example, like where women's only spaces are now being stripped away. Um, you know, you're having to share toilets, for example, with mm. men, mm. Um, which is mm. putting a lot of women in danger. And it gives them a platform to share their story mm. where their voices are being drowned out by this mob. And on Sunday um, at Hyde Park, there was a huge protest uh, with all, it's, it was pretty much all young trans activists who turned up um, with like wearing face masks, wearing ridiculous costumes, um, looking very, you know, very um, crazy, um, you know, protesting, they're shouting, they were fighting each other, fighting the police. Like, when I was walking past, you would not have been able to tell what side I was on. And people started like coming up to me, trying to attack me just because mm. I was walking past or like throwing umbrellas in my face mm. because they're trying to conceal themselves and 
Uh, you you can almost see the difference where with Kelly's um, event, it was very peaceful. Everyone's just sharing the story, being incredibly supportive. And then you had this mob mm. right next, but you know, right mm. next to the event going on. You've got the police just standing in front of them to keep us safe, and all of them just screaming and shouting and starting fights. They don't have any respect, and they don't care about women's rights or no. anything other than themselves and this ideology ideology that they've just been so captured by. Yes, and and, and that animated by a sense of religious zeal which makes them mm. feel as though they're on the right side of history yeah, and that exactly. therefore any kind of action is justified because I'm tr we're trying to usher in a better tomorrow that would be how they justify it yeah. to themselves at least as I understand it you weren't always as as politically sound as no. you are now <laughs> from my vantage point anyway you're more sound now can you tell us a little bit about your your your, your background politically and mm. culturally speaking and sort of what 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 brought you over to the dark side so um so when i was 14 i started getting involved in lots of social action and volunteering um with different charities because for me at the time it was just i really it, you know wanted to help other people make a difference in mm. society i was very um active with the nsbcc and childline back then uh, but as I got older and stayed involved with various, you know, various parts of their campaigns and with different organisations, um, all of them are political, um, normally trying to get the government to do something. And I think that first captured my interest in politics. And um, when I moved to Medway um, for, you know, doing my A-levels at the time, um, I joined the UK Youth Parliament, which uh, okay, has yes. now been, um, it's now been very captured to the left, I think. Um, and uh, when you're part of that, you get to see a lot of the local politics in your area as well that happens. You get involved, you know, with all the local events. And I think for me, seeing, you know, Conservative and Labour, you know, fighting each other, um, that really captured my interest as like, how could I, you know, get more politically active? However, there wasn't many, or if any, I don't think young people I knew who were conservative, all of them were very left wing. And I think for young people, if you actually had any right wing values, you would immediately get a lot of hate for that. Yes. Um, because I think they just associate the right with just evil and um, you just hate everyone and rather than actually this is something that you believe in. Um, so for me, as I got more, uh, I got more politically active and with lockdown that happened, I started, you know, everything shut down. I had a lot more time mm. to actually learn more about politics and actually meet other people. But, you know, Twitter's a really good platform for like meeting other like-minded people, but I started getting more politically active mm. because before I think um, a lot of my circles were very left-wing people. And I always knew inherently that I've got more conservative values. That's interesting. Um, so, you, so even, that's, yes. if I may interrupt you very quickly. Yeah, sorry. Uh, even when you were sort of in the throes of ideological yes. possession, no, I'm joking. But <laughs> even when you were sort of more leftwards in your, in, yeah. in your orientation, that those beliefs, were, yeah. your, your your attachment to those beliefs was skin, was slightly skin deep. Yes, um, because I think in in you know deep down, I was sort of questioning why, like you know, a lot of the stuff that was happening at the time, especially with the ideology that was starting to grow. I'm talking like LGBT, for example, sure. um, and. Um, kind of trans rights, trumping women's rights, you know, like myself, um, I started to question it and think, you know, is this actually okay? And even just things that were happening in our, you know, national politics mm. at the time, um, people would just sort of blindly support Labour without actually understanding anything that they stand for, mm -hmm. um, because especially like the Jeremy Corbyn era and mm. everything. And I think within me, I, I always felt like a sort of questioning, like what, you know, 
is you know do i need to believe this but then if i like i remember when i started to become more conservative and i was actually terrified to tell anyone because i was like i'm gonna lose all my friends no one's gonna like me i'm gonna get a lot of abuse for it which is mm. actually really bad because it's like you shouldn't um mm. it's the fact that i might have different opinions that are you know my peers would like just because i'm a bit more conservative that would mm. mean i'd possibly get a lot more abuse for that you know people turning against me but then I think for me, um, you know, during lockdown, meeting more like-minded people gave me the confidence to then learn about it more and actually just come out and say, you know, uh, I have conservative values, this is what I believe, rather than just, you know, I think for a lot of young people, try, you know, saying what you, you think everyone wants you to hear, especially like um, Black Lives Matter. Like, I don't know if everyone remembers that, you know, the black box posting oh, on yeah. Instagram. Oh, yeah. yes. If you didn't post that black box, you are racist. Yes, yes. Um, uh, even though Black Lives Matter is a racist organization. Yeah, yeah. I, got, I got chewed out for that, actually, really? by, by a friend of mine when I was working in bars in Canada. They were like, I haven't seen you post the black box on Instagram. I was like, I don't have, <gasps> How an, dare you? I don't have an Instagram. What's the black box? <laughs> and, but they, apparently this person was kind of tallying off everybody who had worked with us yeah. who had posted this black box. And they were like, what do you mean? How can you not yes. have an Instagram? How can you not be supporting this? Someone was like, well, First of all, Black Lives yeah. Matter or build large mansions or whatever people are calling it now <laughs> is is like a, a hate group. But secondly, like yeah. I don't need to become political at all times. This is way before you know COVID and everybody mm. yeah. became yeah. hyper politicized on Twitter. Mm -hmm. But I think even it it's sad going back to the the high schoolers, where you now you have to understand that this is also happening to like tenth graders, mm. like yeah. people who are like fifteen, where their yeah. friends are keeping track. Of who's supported oh. it and who's come out and who is publicly, you know, it's even I'm too young to understand it. Mm. It's also I remember when I was in high school, there was nothing political about it. Nobody yeah. was political. Nobody had Republicans or Democrats, left or right. Like nobody had any sort of opinions at all. I feel bad for these kids these days where they feel forced to post certain things. Sure. Yeah. Otherwise, somebody will castigate them. Well, I remember when I was young, um, and I think I started to question some of these things. Um, I don't, so for example, I've got a particular story where um, I was with a group of friends and they were talking about polyamory being a good thing, which I absolutely disagree with. Uh, but they were saying, you know, polyamory is a good thing. Yes. And I sort of questioned it. I was like, is it a good thing though um, to be doing when, you know, shouldn't we be encouraging people to be monogamous? Um, and I, even just by saying that, before I could even finish my point, they all mm. turned on me mm. and I was getting so much abuse, like, how dare you, mm. you're hateful. Um, one of them apparently said they are polyamory, so that was mm. offensive mm. to them. Mm. Um, so it's like, even if you try and challenge the ideology and the narrative, you'll just be met with so much abuse. And I think for these young people who are just being captured, even at schools, even by teachers who are indoctrinating these kids, mm. um, if they even, try and challenge it amongst their peer groups or with their teachers or anything um they will be abused mm. you know they'll get a lot of abuse for it they'll lose their friends and i think for a lot of young people that'll actually make them nervous to question it because in question. case they lose their friends and then they don't they just mm. sort of follow along with it um so and again like on sunday when i was talking about the trans activists that turned up a lot of them were very young like must some of them maybe 14 15 as well on, on the it, other side on the other side the yeah. trans activists who were like the 14, turning yeah, up yeah, yeah some of them is, must have been as young as that narcissistic parents you, you, just, you, you would assume 
it's yeah, bringing, and, bringing them along to that sort of thing. And it's like they ca- they cannot understand what mm. they're shouting because um, they're like that. You actually talk. So I saw some social media videos mm. online um, where um, so for example, my friend Jess, who was on this program recently, yes. asked one of them, "Why are you here?" And they couldn't actually answer the question. Sure. Said, "I don't actually know what. <laughs> I don't yeah. actually know um, what the whole uh, you know protest is about." She couldn't sure. actually answer the question, and it's actually quite. So you sort of feel sorry for them because mm. it's like they've just sort of been captured by this mob and they're turning mm. up to sort of um, you know stand for something they don't understand yes well th- this is um like i i think it, i think it's common for a- a- any kind of political movement if it is particularly if it if it takes on sort of messianic trappings it sort of considers itself you know the, the, sure. the, 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 it considers it's, it will uh, we will inherit the earth sort of thing they're always going to be extremely tolerant intolerant towards people who, who dissent from them but uh, but in, in terms of actually badgering people who aren't interested in the fight in like with the sort of the black squares things on 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 blm like you know, tallying who who has and who hasn't you know openly declared themselves loyal to the cause um i think i think part of this has to do with um the the the, the outlook which these activists themselves adopt to our society so because we, their whole pitch to us is that you know these cultural pathologies whether it's sort of racism or homophobia or transphobia or every other species of bigotry these um, pathologies are so woven into our cultural dna they, they've infected everything from our, our education to us the sciences to our literary culture it's they're so all pervasive that the only justifiable position to adopt is active opposition to yeah, all of all, yeah, all of, of our institutions, and so to the extent that you're indifferent, you can't sort of sit on this. According to them, uh, people like Evan, who's just at working in the bar and doesn't have an Instagram account, doesn't want to con- doesn't want to virtue signal. No this idea way. what I'm talking about. <laughs> he, 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 he's not allowed to be indifferent. He's not allowed to just sit on the sidelines and say, "Look, I'm sitting this one out. I'm not interested." Obviously, you're not sitting it out now, but you know, mm. five years ago or so ago, that was the beginning of the end for me. <laughs> that was the beginning of the end of you. You need, you know, no. This is what. Um, Ibram X. Kendi in his book, what's it called? Um, How what's to be an anti-racist. Anti-racist how, baby. No, <laughs> that's his. That's Get his. Pitch, you're young. That's his pitch to children. <laughs> oh, but uh, uh, how to be an anti-racist? He has all these sorts of lines saying, I can't. Gosh, I can't remember them all by heart. But he mm. basically set, set, ex- exhibiting this mentality like you're you're either with us or against us. Sure, sort, sure, sort of, sort of absolutely. Yeah, it's friend enemy. And I mean, Jean Piaget or Jean Piaget. The uh, developmental psychologist, you know, he had a kind of stage for people when they're kind of entering late teens to early adulthood called the messianic stage, which is people want to be, they don't actually want to sit on the sidelines. Like a lot of young people, they want to have a cause like you did. Like they want to be volunteering, they want to be out. And this is the only socially acceptable one. And I think a lot of this LGBT stuff, it's, you you can kind of pretend that you're being transgressive while knowing that you have basically the full backing of the Mm -hmm. state and nobody Mm -hmm. can say anything against you. Um, I mean, we are in the kind of minority here as, uh, you know, right-wingers or, or conservatives, um, which is kind of fun because it's now becoming somewhat punk rock, like mm-hmm. Nick Cave recently said. Transgressive. But also, too, it's like you actually will suffer some serious consequences if you say the wrong thing in the wrong place. Yeah. And I think a really interesting thing, um, some more data that's come out of the American high schools, is that 65% of uh, 12th grade boys in America now identify as conservative. I think it's 35%, or it might be 40, of uh, girls identify as conservative. Not inconsiderable. So, so yeah, but yeah. there's a huge gap there. So a lot of this is actually sexed. And I think a lot of guys are realizing it's much harder to come out as bisexual for a few years, or what was it, be a, a, a tug, a lug? 
yes, be a bug as a guy. Guys, yeah, <laughs> be a bug man. And if you're a guy, but yeah. it's much easier to do these things as a as a woman, and then kind of change out of it later on. Mm. Still mm. not socially acceptable. So guys are realizing that they're basically they've got no other. They've got no way into this movement unless they're willing to be, you know, very sort of outwardly flamboyantly gay, uh, and they're going in the exact opposite direction. They're actually reacting. Mm. I mean, the, just the, the fact that, again, that, that twelfth graders would even have to feel that they need to identify politically to me is kind of sad. But this, you know, there's a fundamental disagreements in our society, and it's going to work its way all the way down. I mean, even. I think it was uh, in North Carolina now, they've issued guidances on what age you can appropriately trans your child. And it's like three and four. I mean, you can't escape from this now. And middle schoolers, high schoolers, grade mm-hmm. schoolers are going to have to be, you know, kind of inoculated against this indoctrination, or some of them are going to end up being mutilated, uh, which unfortunately, you know, once, like we've talked about on this program, you know, once you've kind of taken that plunge, you don't really. There are a few detransitioners, but a lot of these people just have a sunk cost. And so they need to show up and kind of shout you and Posey Parker down to justify, you know, their own kind of self-inflicted harm. It's like, no, I did this for a reason, and now everybody else needs to understand it as well. Mm. You know, I think that's where a lot of the uh, the favor is coming from, these people who can't back out anymore. Uh, so I was on um, like an interview um, last a uh, few days ago um, where I was talk- we were talking about Labour's new initiative they're trying to introduce in schools about um, teaching boys how to respect women, oh, yes. uh, which is the most hypocritical thing yeah. I've ever heard. Because yes. uh, Kiss can't define what a woman is. <laughs> and um, I was talking on this interview about the importance of you know being able to define a woman because you know our rights are being stripped away. Mm. And if you know for you know tr- for the importance of trans rights and as I was making my case uh, I was immediately cut in several times uh, by the presenter who is basically just saying oh it's just a load of political BS so what is a woman mm. it's like it's, it felt yeah. kind of insulting because it's like our rights and our spaces are now just used as a political like just it's like political maneuvering mm. rather than actually keeping us safe yes. and I think this is what we're going to see a lot more of across our society and I think especially as this ideology sort of goes across um, even more especially in schools where you've got Mm. these children who are now growing up in this world I think this is going to get even worse and even by just saying what a woman is on social media um, like for example I'm quite active about talking about it and I'll Mm. get so much abuse from trans activists and like even spammed in my private messages um, giving you know coming at me for my appearance, mm. um, coming at me like with the most mm. horrific abuse just because I defined a woman. Mm. And for them, it's not about our rights. They don't care about our rights. All they care about is transcribing their ideology everywhere across society. Are you optimistic that, that there can be a, a real sea change among our generation? And I'll ask you finally. I, the thing is, I really hope there is, and I think the only way we could see that change is by you know all of us you know having these conversations sure. and keep actively talking about it to push back against this. Um, because I think, especially because we're all young, if other young people who might question this see other young people you know discussing it on a public forum, mm. they might actually think, oh, maybe I don't have to believe in this. There are other people like me out there, and I think the only way you can push back from this idea, you know push back this ideology is by challenging it yes. and keep talking about it publicly absolutely well Anna McGovern thank you very much for joining us on uh, this week's episode Evan thanks as ever 
You've been watching Deprogrammed. We'll see you next week. Hello. If you're enjoying the New Culture Forum channel and you believe in our mission, may I invite you to join our membership scheme at the link below or on our website, newcultureforum.org.uk. Our work is more important now than ever, and we have great plans ahead for the future, but we can't do it without your support. From as little as £3 per month, you can help ensure that we continue on our mission. As a member, you'll receive a range of benefits, including access to exclusive content, invitations to our private events, including here at our studios, free copies of our books, and much, much more, including, of course, our famous NCF mug. If you aren't able to become a member, then please help us by clicking this button and subscribing to our channel. It's completely free. Just remember to also click the bell icon so that you can get notifications when we post new videos. Thank you. Thank you.